You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your favorite CCT personality, JTAC extraordinaire, embracer of the ridiculous face, and like the shortest operator you'll ever meet, Peaches. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready podcast. You're in the team room. Uh, Just me and Aaron today. No guest. No Brian Trent. We miss you guys. They're enjoying their weekend off. So um, basically, you're stuck with us. Uh, Sucks to be you. Stuck with us, baby. (laughs) It really sucks to be you. But hey, it is what it is. Yeah, we didn't promise you anything at the beginning of this. So, I mean, you're getting what you pay for. So. Right, exactly. Hey, and keep in mind, this is free, baby. We yeah. aren't on Patreon. We aren't asking for donations. There's no GoFundMe. So, listen, you know, caveat emptor, buyer beware, and you are you are the buyer here. So, you, you didn't pay for it. That's what you get. That's it. You're getting the uh, the generic version, if you will. So, yeah, <laughs> the non non name brand. So, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. But we do appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you subscribing. And if you're not subscribed, please go subscribe on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Leave us a review. It really helps us out in the charts. And, uh, and also, we'd like to talk about some of our friends that we have out there. So uh, today, we'll talk about Alpha Brew Coffee Company. Alpha Brew is uh, the owner is actually friends with Aaron. You guys have known each other for quite some time now. Um, we've we've yeah, never met, time. but... Um, but his coffee is fantastic. You know, we've got a couple coffee companies, but Alpha Brew is one of the ones that uh, started with us. And he's got some new stuff that's actually out there where um, he's kind of gone away. I don't say he's gone away from the CBD type stuff, but he has gone to a lot of the mushroom stuff. So I know he's got one for focus and I couldn't even pretend to pronounce the names of some of these mushrooms, right? <laughs> yeah. Not even yeah, well, try. But- the lion's mane is in focus. You should have picked that one. You yeah, that's like, oh, the lion's mane focus. And then the other one, Aaron, take it away. And I'd be, yeah. like, I'd look like the idiot. Well, see, this one's, this one's got mushrooms in it, right? But this is the recovery yeah, one. Yeah. I just, I just yeah. got this one. It's so smooth, dude. So smooth. Yeah, I love it. But yep. I um, love, fantastic. Uh, I love this Alpha one, Brew. Yeah. And this one's, uh, this one specifically is for recovery. So I'm feeling that due to my age, probably. So, um, <laughs> As I work through that, um, they are offering a promo code. If you use One's Ready, you'll get 10% off at checkout. Uh, And then you're helping out a a veteran company. You're helping out us. You're helping out, you know, uh, everybody. You. And yourself. With the recovery. Yeah, exactly. You need that recovery. (laughs) If you need that focus, it's a a single blend. It's never blended, right? So it's a single bean source from some of the best spots in the world. That energy is clean. And when when you pair it with the magic of mushrooms, not magic mushrooms. You're not microdosing. You're not going to pop positive for a drug test. One of the stoves at the unit was like, Hey man, am I going to pop positive for a drug test? And then I, we, I had to stop being friends with them. Like that was it. I was like, damn it, Espo, you're out. You're out, Espo. Espo is awesome. Shout out to okay, Espo. I'm, yeah, I'm going to try, uh, yeah. try and pronounce this. Uh, quadriceps? Quadriceps? Yeah, that's, that's I'm what proud it of you. says. It looks great for me. Looks yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we'll uh, we'll ta- today we're going to talk about some of the stereotypes that uh, some of our soft guys have, and maybe one of those is that they can't read mushrooms. So we'll we'll go with that. Right. But um, yeah, so uh, we appreciate everybody kind of weighing in on this. I, I posted a story online asking for what some of your stereotypes are on soft dudes. So we actually got. We got some funny ones, some that I just I can't won't be able to read out loud since we try and keep this somewhat PG-13 type. <laughs> but you never um, like you always get what the Internet gives you, you know, like you that's a you problem, Peaches. You're the one that posted that story <laughs> with the questions on it. And like, God forbid you actually open it up to the masses on the interwebs. But yeah, that's you get you get what you got there. You get what you deserve when you ask questions like that. So, yeah. And, and usually those are from people we know. I see you ATC I- Peaches. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> the worst, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so there was actually some good stereotypes that I, I had a good chuckle at as I was reading. So, um, as we go through some of these, sit back, relax, and, uh, enjoy laughing at our expense. So, <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. yeah. And the, 
the stereotypes are, it's, it's a funny question too, because we are really, really tribal. I know we've touched on it before, but you know, we've made the, we've made the joke. You can walk into a room and you know, if it's a room full of operators, you can be like, Oh, look, there's the seals. There's the Rangers. There's the special forces guys. That guy's probably a PJ. It's, it's immediately apparent. So the, the tribalism is definitely, there's stereotypes for a reason. You know, you walk into a bar in Southern Pines and you see, you know, 45, you know, six foot tall, 200 pound dudes with full sleeve tattoos wearing Columbia and cool pants. Like, okay, uh, I think I can put two and two together here. All right, let me go ahead and cross that one off because uh, Cool Pants was on here. <laughs> what, they really had to have Cool Pants? Yeah, khaki Cool Pants. <laughs> khaki Cool Pants, man. You're going to, listen, if you're ever just walking around, you know, just a nice little Saturday, you got to have on your off-duty operator uniform because you want to make sure that everybody knows that you're an operator. You're ready to go at any time. That's it. The Solomons on they're sort of dirty sort of not you got a nice pair of pants on there got got to be cargo pants they sort of you know they're going to be an earth tone i bet you get a button-up columbia on maybe that arcteryx that dead bird gang if you're not mad at their woke policies as of late you got a big watch on maybe a whoop and then you got that you got a hat on it's all frayed it's dirty it's filthy and you were just you're the gray man nobody knows who you are my guy golly that's so bad it's so true (laughs) So I know kidding. I had a friend um, that I, I crossed paths with and I shared an apartment with for, it was just a, a thing in launch for like two weeks. So we, we were in the same apartment for about two weeks and it was funny because his wife, he worked at one of the special mission units and he was like, no one is more critical than my wife. We'll be getting ready to go on a trip. And she's like, look at all you idiots. You think that you're this JSOC tip of the spear guy. You all look like you're in uniform. Nobody in the rest of the world wears baseball caps. You bunch of bearded, six foot tall, 200 pound white dudes, you bunch of idiots. Everybody can pick you out. She's like, you look like you're sponsored by North Face. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> I is true. Correct. I know. All my, oh, bag, I all my bags up. are North Face. And they all match. Like everybody's got the same like three size bags. Everybody's like, oh, we're so blending in. <laughs> Shut yeah. up. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, you just see, watch, tune in to watch us trash ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Tune in yeah. this week. Right? Peaches and I make fun of ourselves. See how yeah. far the hate goes. Oh, it goes deep. <laughs> Self-loathing. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. Here's a shout out to all those mill meme accounts. Trick, uh, trick question, boys. Nobody hates me more than me. <laughs> you can't on this level. All right. Well, let's roll into uh, the first one we received. So uh, everyone's Olympic swimmer. Um, I, I'd venture to say you're probably a better swimmer than I was just because, uh, I think you, you swam a good amount, right? If I remember. Yeah, I swam and played water polo, but that was just because like in Northeast Ohio, there was only like three or four things to do. And if you weren't playing, you know, basketball, football, baseball, you were, you were a swimmer or some sort of, uh, you know, lacrosse was actually popular down in like Columbus or something, but I wasn't rich enough to play lacrosse. So it was, it was literally like just one of those things. So I just happened to be. I always, I always laugh when people are like, oh, yeah, everybody's a really good swimmer. No, they are not. There are tons of people that just barely, barely get by through selection and dive school. And, you know, that goes across everywhere. Like the bunch eels that are the average and sometimes below average swimmers that just had to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I am not fast at, at all when it comes to the water. Um, yeah. But I'm comfortable. Like, I, I love going underwater. So, like, uh, you know, playing sharks and minnows or something like that. Like I, that's my jam. I'm, I'm good yep. at that unless I'm getting chased and then I'm just, you know, but I, if I remember right, the rules are they got to bring you to the surface. It's not just a tag thing. So that's where I would have the advantage. I'd always get caught, but I could usually hold my breath longer or I was comfortable enough to, to wrestle under the water and get away. So just wait them out. I like yeah, it. That's, that's, a good that's move. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, uh, an end doc, you know, when they start doing gator rolls on you or, or, you know, messing with you in the water, I just, I just go limp and then just, just go limp. Yeah. Yep. Wouldn't even go get a big satisfaction. We're just going to wait this out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so aligned with that, the other one was, uh, you have to be a physical specimen to, to be successful and soft. I, yeah. Okay. You have to be more physically ready and physically fit than other people. Well, yes. But to, to think that you have to be some Olympian, 
that is not the case. I mean, we've, we've talked about it many times. It's, you know, 80% mental, 20% physical. I know, you know, Chief McCoy said, Hey, it's, it's 60, 40, but like whatever, you know, some people, the percentages are different probably, but like you could be a, an average physically. I mean, you, you probably are physically fit more than the rest of the population, but you don't have to be an Olympian or a collegiate athlete to make it through. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I say this all the time. We are not like the world's this subculture. Like we just aren't like, just like everything else, we have all of these things that we got to do. Your fitness goes in ebbs and flows, just like any normal person. Sometimes you're in great shape. Sometimes you hit, you hit, you hit a stretch, you go on a deployment where you can really dial in nutrition and really dial in your fitness and you come home and you feel great. And then there are some times where work just crushes you and you're working 18 hour days locked into some vault somewhere. And it's, you really don't have time to prioritize your fitness because that's not your goal at that time. So I always say there's, you know, CrossFit athletes and there's people out there like, you know, professional athletes and stuff. They're way fitter as communities. Like they, they just are not. Everybody's a Superman and surprise. Nobody starts off like that either. I love hearing the stories of, and I think we all have them. And, you know, you go down the line when, when you start out selection, just by looks, you see those physical specimens where you're like, okay, you're definitely going to make it. You're definitely going to make it. And the smoke clears at the end of that selection. All those guys are gone all those show ponies that are just jacked. And of course you have some of those guys that are just, you know, absolute complete freaks that we all know that are in the career field, but yeah, as a standard, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as a standard man, you know, uh, it's, it is what it is. You know, it, you don't need to be an Olympian. You don't need to, to be that perfect specimen of everything. Top, you know, 2% of the CrossFit games all the time. It's just, it's not a thing. It's not sustainable for what we do. Nope. I mean, you do have some of those guys, you know, you got your, your beaches that are out there doing um, yeah. incredible things. I mean, so we do have those physical specimens. It's just, I mean, you're yep. talking about 1% or less than 1% of, of the soft community. So, well, and people that use that as a, as a reason that they don't start that they're just like, well, I'm not this, I'm not this beast and I'm not killing everybody at every event that I'm going to and all this other stuff. So I'm going to wait man, what are you waiting for? Like you, you're surprised guys and girls, you might not get there. It might not be a thing. You might be at the hip of your genetic beer for as good as you can possibly get. And it might be just one rep over everything you need to do. And then it's all mental from there. So. Yep. Uh, next one. And I don't really understand what this, what they're getting at for this. Cause I, I no kidding. These are verbatim. So the, I Here got go. hurt guy. So I, I think, I think that's probably not a, oh, okay. a, um, you know, a hit or a stereotype on soft dudes. I think that's probably the, the people that you'll see in the rest of the air force or army, Navy, um, Marines that, Hey, I could have done this. This is where I'm, I'm guessing this yeah. going. like, Hey, I would have yeah. done it or I could have done it or I wanted to do it, but I, you know, I, I got hurt or bad knee. Now there's legitimately people out there that, you know, they don't, they just, they wanted to serve, they want to do it, but they just didn't meet the, um, you know, they had vision problems or hearing problems or something like that. They couldn't pass a color vision test or, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm sure there's some legitimate people out there that did get some kind of debilitating injury and couldn't do it. So that's not discounting them, but I think overwhelmingly there is a lot but of those people, people that, are infinitesimally small. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> the amount of people that really like, that really hurt themselves and that really couldn't continue. And that was, that was the only reason they didn't make it through selection. Infinitesimally small. The, the number of people that are like, Oh bro, listen, I could have been a PJ, but it was just like the water. If it wasn't for the water, man, like I would have been fine. You know, it wasn't for the ruck in the Q course. I would have been cool to be in special forces, but it's just ah, the ruck, man. It's just hurt my knees. Like get yeah, out of here. My did guy. You, did you ever put a ruck on? Did you ever get in the pool? just to try it or did you just say, no, I ain't doing it. Right. Exactly. No? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So this one's pretty funny. Uh, and again, verbatim jocks that played football and like to hit their heads on things. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you need a tool for every job and somebody has got to carry that 40. All right. 
there's a lot of times when you need somebody to carry <laughs> the heavy stuff and those guys are useful. There, there are those people. Um, there was a student <laughs> that was going through the PJ uh, pipeline. I won't say his name because he didn't, yeah, he, uh, he did not end up making it, but he was absolutely like the quintessential, like he would have been a great machine gunner somewhere, you know, 11 Bravo or, you know, one of those other career fields where he just had to be just hard because he, he would just be like, Hey, run faster. He'd just be like, okay, carry more weight. All right. But he, no kidding, just completely screwed up like this entire, it was a, a, um, academic exercise. He just screwed it up. I mean, just from start to finish, it was terrible. Like to the point where the instructor was just like, what are you doing? My dude. So he's like, you need to prove to us that you want to be here. You can't just not be, you have to be smarter than this. You have to be more in tune to learning the stuff that we need you to learn. So it was hilarious. But as he was, he was doing pull-ups, he, no kidding, had the 240, uh, the 249. So he had the saw, he had some ammo on him. He had his ruck on and he was doing pull-ups at this camp that we used for tactics. And he did like six or eight, like just strict dead hang pull-ups. And every time he came up, he's like, I do want to be here, Mr. Dickin. Except the guy's name was Mr. Dickin. Like there was no S on it. So it was like the most ironic thing, like that this guy was just like, I do want to be here, Mr. Dickens, like calling him the wrong name. Um, but like, yeah, there those dudes are around. And you know, just as much as they're like the really smart, nerdy dudes that are, you know, complete and total house cats, like indoor cats that um straight up, <laughs> you know, don't they uh oh Shane Bricky, shout out today's like the the name drop yeah shane uh shane used to say oh i'm i'm more of like an indoor cat pj more fair weather pj you know very <laughs> narrow temperature range i don't like to be cold i don't like to be too hot i don't like to be wet for very long just you know just right <laughs> i'd actually i'd actually argue i mean i think most of our dudes played most of our dudes probably did play sports in some way but um, I mean, we have a lot of dudes that never played any kind of team sports, never, you know, maybe they yeah. did some martial arts, something like that. But um, I mean, one of our guys, I won't say his name because he, he, you know, but one of the guys at the unit that we're at right now, I mean, he was an electrician. Like, yeah, you know, it, like one comp electrical competitions in high school. I mean, <laughs> I didn't even know that. I, I didn't know it was a thing either until we were sitting on, we were you know, waiting for the aircraft to leave and we're just, you know, BS. And, and he was like, Oh yeah, it's, you know, electrician doing competitions in high school. I'm like, I didn't know that was a thing, but I mean, he <laughs> went to, he went to state and I think nationals or something like that won at state and lost at nationals. Like, Holy cow. This is a thing, but yeah. I don't even know what that entails. You got to tell me who that is. So that when I come home, I can just be like, what's yeah. up nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me what we're done. All right, so um, this one is is definitely a stereotype because there are way more seals than there are seal books, but seals in their book deals. Um, sure, I, okay. Yeah. I, I remember going, knowing quite a few seals, even they joke about it. So we don't yep. need to joke about it, but even they are like, God, dude, somebody else got out and wrote a book. I, you know, I mean, you yeah. could say the same thing about us having a podcast. Really? I mean, you know. Yeah, for sure. But, well, and this is what I'll say too. It's not like there's no supply and demand. If people stop buying seal books, if they weren't so successful, dudes would stop writing them. I think that's going to change too. Cause I think that's just, you know, we talked about it a little bit last time we were together, but you know, getting this information out there, the stigma of, you know, uh, I'm not telling you what's going on in selection. You just got to show up and put out, you know, like, I, you know, Jocko said, uh, cause I'm, I'm not a picture guy. Like I don't, we take, you know, we took one team picture. It, it was not in front of helicopters. There were no explosions in the background. We didn't have on cutesy little Hawaiian shirts. Like we didn't, we just don't do that. That's not part of, of who we are here. But, you know, Jocko did say uh, as part of Task Force Bruiser, his biggest regret was that they didn't take more pictures because he thinks about the guys and the times that they had. And he never really put those down in a history and he never really got to look back and remember those guys, especially the guys that they lost because they did lose a lot of guys out there. So he had a, a pretty interesting take on it. And I think, I think there's a, a line, you, you know, Jimmy settle wrote a book. Uh, Roger Sparks wrote a book. Those books are great. 
Like if you haven't read Roger Sparks's book, uh, I believe it's called The Warrior's Path or uh, it's got warrior in the title. And then uh, Jimmy Settle wrote a book as well. And they're fantastic. They really are. And, and they're, they're good people. EJ books. I think they're on the reading list. So check those out.com. But I think the, the stigma behind those are, are changing. The seals just got there first and uh, they were overwhelming uh, book superiority. They've got a lot of them. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that um, Jocko kind of brought that up. That's interesting because I've, you know, I was always the dude that uh, liked to take pictures, um, not like photography pictures, just I like to capture the moment. And I'm, I'm really glad I did because I, you know, I haven't been quiet about, you know, my TBI and, and, and memory and like, I, I'm losing my memory like, like crazy, but um, right. you know, I, I, have thousands upon thousands of pictures and videos uh, saved on my computer. And, you know, I'll go looking for another picture, like something that's not even related and I'll come across pictures and there, there of times, whether I'm, you know, deployed training or even just, you know, with family that I, I forgot, like completely you forgot legit that don't that remember. Right. Yeah. And then I'll start looking and it'll help spark some stuff. And I'm like, but then I remember like, oh, yeah, you know, we were stationed together. Oh, yeah, I remember this so-and-so, you know. And at the time, everybody was kind of pissed, like, dude, put the camera away. Like, you know, like, we don't want this, you know, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be, which is fine, which is why we're very selective about, um, you know, what we post, especially what some of the historical. Yeah. But, um, man, I'm so glad I did. And now, like, as guys are retiring, like, you know, um, Colonel White is, you know, on his way out as a, as a group, you know, 30 something years in. And I fired him off some pictures uh, a couple of weeks ago that I just happened to come across as I was looking for some others. And he's like, dude, I've never seen these before. Thank you so much. Like this is, this takes me oh, right back. Crazy. And it's like, yeah, that is why, um, because the times that you will spend in this career field or, or even just call it your military career, because this is a lot of military folks, um, you take it for granted while you're in. But once you realize like, hey, this this journey or this train is ending, like you were you really will start to reminisce on some of those times, whether they're good, or bad, like it, there's there's some legitimate um, and it's not tangible, but like it's just it's good to reminisce. So, yeah, well, and it, it'll key into like entire blocks of time that you just forgot. You'll be like, Oh, holy crap. I forgot about that whole trip mm -hmm. or I, I eliminated that whole TDY or that whole month or two of, of deployment or, or whatever. And it, it'll no kidding. Just like you just kind of tip that iceberg a little bit. You'll be like, Holy cow. I forgot about this entire treasure trove of memories yeah. that I had. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, seals in their book deals. <laughs> that was a tangent. <laughs> Got it, yeah. All right, next one. Uh, CCTs are insane, insane in some ways. Yeah, I mean, every, isn't everybody? I think. Yeah, the, yeah. The whole uh, the unofficial motto of the pararescue community was "We're all mad," you know, for the longest time. Guys, it's a the Cheshire Cat is a is a you know, career old thing that, that we have. A lot of guys have the Cheshire cat tattooed and that was a, a part of our culture for a long time. Controllers are crazy though. They're a special brand, especially, you know, rest in peace to the Harvell brothers, but Andy and Sean, you know, I know, you know, you worked with, with both of them and, you know, I worked with uh, Andy very, very briefly um, at the three twenty first um, before he left, but um, man, insane, insane dudes um, and insane on, you know, both at work and, you know, off duty. And sometimes those, that whole, uh, the controllers are crazy, man. I, I can actually think of a lot of dudes that are pretty crazy. So yeah, yeah. There you I, go. I, I'm not disputing it. So <laughs> <laughs> we're just not all crazy, <laughs> <laughs> at least in our own eyes. Anyway, I'm sure yeah. everybody else thinks that, you know, people think you're crazy for jumping out of planes and wanting to deploy and that kind of stuff. That's just, it's just what we do. It's what we are. But, yeah. um, the next one is uh, <laughs> PJs. Want to see me tie some knots? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a PJ? Show me every knot on the face of the planet then. How dare you? Build yeah, me a three I, to one. <laughs> <laughs> Build me a three to one right now. We had the most PJ thing ever. We had a rope corral for the base. And uh, our, our young man, Noah, the young man, Noah, was leading 
the rope corral for the bait. So Noah is your your quintessential hippie tree hugging surfer dude PJ, and I it, it could not have been any more stereotypical, and I was laughing extremely hard in the background like i would walk around and help somebody you know tie some knots here and there and i was just laughing i was like oh man if this ever got out to the world like this is just a meme waiting to happen so was that just within the unit or the entire base because who else is participating in a in a knot corral hey man everybody we had the fire department was there eod showed up we had some security forces some defenders were out there we had some army cats so the uh the um army security forces element that's here is actually from the Northeast. And a lot of them have been through mountain school. So if they, it's a, uh, it's part of their thing. They're not with the 10th, but they're a, a guard unit that's, that's up there. So um, they've been to the mountain warfare school. So it's a, a pretty big thing for them to go to. So of course you had some interest from people that are trying to go and, you know, some of their, um, you know, some of their mountain, mountain uh, warfare course graduates. So it's good. It's a good turnout. We had quite a few people actually. I was pretty proud. Wow. I never would have thought. I'm sure there were hacky the sacks class. flying everywhere. <laughs> there were and no s- shoes to be had. Yeah, every- no s- <laughs> slack <laughs> lines put up everywhere. Dude, no, he has a slack line too. That's yeah, not a yeah, joke. I'm sure That's he what does. we use for the rope corral. Of course, uh, of course he did. <laughs> Got him. Oh man! All right, this one um, starts. I, I guess it's probably true. It's uh, SR, you know, dot, dot, dot. Nobody knows. Well, it's valid. We try. Okay. Yeah. We try. We're, we're trying to put out information, but, you know, understand that this is a new career field. It's a new capability, at least as far as ASOC's concerned. And um, it's being developed right now. So um, we're not, we're not being coy. We're not being secretive about it. It's we don't want to put out wrong information. Um, and we also don't want to put out, you know, sensitive information either that could, you know, yeah. end up getting us, you know, some kind of OPSEC violation or getting the video or the audio taken down as well. So we're just keeping the, right. keeping a close hold right now until uh, all, all that stuff gets finalized and then we can release stuff. So uh, next one, TACPs can't swim, but does all the cool things CCT wish they did. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I'll tell you right now, except be soft. I mean, yeah, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the, 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 um, the tech piece has got a good job. Like there's, there's no doubt about it. They've got a a great job. And if, um, I mean, especially, you know, after talking to Roomba and, and Ben and, and some of the other tech piece that we've had on, like that is a tough job sitting in a tank, freaking oh yeah maneuvering around the battlefield doing any kind of jtac stuff um you know in the mountains airborne you know after jumping like it's it's a tough job um it's just a different job that's all it is uh and i mean those guys are out jobbing as well you know and then oh yeah you know most of them you you kind of alluded to it here but most of them are at least you have to start off on the conventional side of the house which is great because that's, I mean, that's where most of those guys are anyway. And then we have our, we hold an additional uh, assessment and selection for the guys that are then going to come into AFSOC. Um, and then we have a couple, you know, several units that they can go to within AFSOC. Um, and those dudes are some of the most professional and um, tactically savvy dudes that, that even exist. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. No shade to the tag P boys. I don't know if they can swim though. We'll find out. That stuff just went live for them. So better yeah. get them pool tag P boys. <laughs> um, PJs have good hair because it's the most true. Well, yeah, it's, that's not even a stereotype. That's just an accepted fact. It was in the Geneva <laughs> conventions. So moving on. <laughs> this one's kind of a bummer. If this, if this is legitimately a stereotype, this is kind of a bummer. Um, that we definitely need to to fix. Uh, Seer are just failed TACP CCT PJs. I don't. I don't. Th- I mean, that's so. There's jokes that you'll give in the team room to everybody, you know. And we've, I've made the joke about, you know, you've never ever heard of a of a PJ that was a failed controller, but you've heard of failed can you know you know PJ you know the other way around essentially. I screwed that one up. So, 
um, you know, but it's jokes. You know what I mean? Like, that's definitely not true. I, I don't believe that. There's plenty of good people that came in wanting to be seer because they want that job. And that job, I'll be honest with you, it's one of the most diverse jobs that we have inside of, of kind of the umbrella or the adjacent umbrella where they are. And yeah, you can go do just regular air, air crew training or you can work up at, at Washington. They'll do a stand as an instructor to start off up at Washington. But being a seer specialist, you can get yourself into some of the most secretive, furthest left of bang jobs out there. Um, and it's really, really interesting. And especially where we're going now, I think where we're going in the next 10 years, the next 15 years, you're going to see a lot more interest in SEER because they have a very, very specific mission capability that isn't really well explored or well known. And when that kind of put two and two together of what that brings to the fight for SEER, I think you're going to have a lot of people that are like, dude, SEER specialist is for me. So I don't know. I mean, it's fun. I guess it's okay to joke about that, but Unless you're a guy, unless you're like a PJ making that joke, or unless you're a seer guy making that joke, I don't know if I'd be somebody that's like never put anything on the line to try to do anything saying, Oh, well, they're just all failed seer guy. Oh, seer guys are all failed tech PRCs. Go, go say that to a seer guy. Have fun. Well, I, I, I will say, you know, we, we can't tell there. Maybe there's some, some uh, jest involved in there. You know, just sure. you can't tell over text. And it's not like that, that question box on the gram gives you a whole lot of, of space to really get into right. some nuanced uh, answers. But um, <laughs> yeah, I really want you to elaborate in yeah, yeah. 46 characters. Exactly. But you know, it's, um, are there some seer folks that, that probably didn't make it? Yeah, sure. There probably are. Um, but like, I'd say that that's, you know, the exception, not the, uh, not the rule. So, right. Uh, next. Seals are too gung ho, love the book deals, and are idolized too much. I don't think we need to address that one, but I do want to address the very next one, which is all soft are mega chads or frat guys. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I love the mega chad reference. So well done, dude. Came up with the mega chad reference. Um, it does. It, there's definitely places that are like. And I think we've already hit it. You know, I'll only speak for, you know, my specific community and the community that I work in. I will say that CCTs, the combat control guys are way more brotastic than the PJ guys. Although the PJ guys do have our, our chads and our bros out there. So looking from the outside in, yeah, I got it. It can definitely look like, look like a fraternity. It can definitely look bro-y. We definitely do dumb things. Like we we have one too many alcoholic drinks and we hug each other and people are like to a Valhalla brother and they get all serious with one another. And I, I got it, man. Like I think that's a pretty good one. <laughs> if it's not samurais or Spartans or Vikings or I don't know, like what the what are we supposed to have on patches? Is it is it revolvers and skulls with bandanas now or is it is it samurais or is it Vikings? I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Or is it you know our own motorcycle club? You know, you, yeah. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about the motorcycle club. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we're all gonna have colored bandanas, and you're on red team, so you have a colored bandana, and we wear leather jackets, <laughs> get neck tats. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> right enough on that um man there's a lot boy i'm telling you man there's a lot of people that are on the the seal book deal thing there's because there's, it's a bad joke it's yeah. like that's the that's it's the low-hanging fruit right like it's, it's oh, what are some button. soft stereotypes <laughs> right exactly like i don't want to think too hard about this oh seal wrote a book oh pj's tie knots oh. <laughs> okay well, this one kind of goes back to that, the very first one that everybody's Olympic swimmer, but we're all ripped, apparently. I'm going to tell you right now, I'll be, I'm going to tell you, I ain't ripped. <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm rocking right now. Total tactical, dad, dad, tactical bod, dad right bod, bod, man. Yeah. Tactical dad right bod, now. that's the way to go. And that's not by choice. Yeah, yeah. That's not by choice. That's just <laughs> by, um, okay, uh, scheduling and, a, and I'll be upfront, bad diet. Like, I've gotten in the habit of, of crushing some ice cream, like, and I got to oh, get out of it. Oh, so yeah, I like, good. I like some ice cream, but I, I will say, I uh, I'm not, I'm not quite to this, uh, quite there yet. So I, I kind of have an idea of what I want in that first like couple of days for food when I get to, to the house. So at the end of, for everybody that doesn't know, 
you kind of get to the end of a work trip, a longer one, and you start thinking, hey, when I'm at home, here's some stuff I'm going to do. I'm looking forward to having a bathroom that's attached to my living area. That's going to be pretty dope. I'm looking forward to that bathroom, the closest bathroom to my living area. It's going to be a bathroom that flushes and not a porta potty. That's going to be pretty dope. I'm excited about that, you know. Um, however, I'm, I'm not quite to the, uh, to the area where I'm planning which meals I want yet, but I got a couple of cheat meals coming up at home. I got a couple of restaurants in mind in the Pacific Northwest that I want there. So get your ice cream recommendations in order. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to, I'll have to throw it. I don't know what it is about a uh, caramel M&Ms. If I have those around the house, forget it. That if that, I have to get a smaller bag because the uh, family size bag, I don't know how many calories is in that 60,000. I don't know, 700 grams of sugar. I don't care. They're delicious. They're the best M&Ms. Don't at me. Yeah. If it's in the house, I'm eating it. And which Forget sucks. It. I, I've got zero yeah. discipline when it comes to that. And it's terrible. <laughs> I don't have, I don't sitting, have any self-control. Um, yeah. I'm sitting here spouting <laughs> self-control and discipline and that kind of stuff as I'm fucking serious. I'm stuffing my face. <laughs> yeah. You guys, like should you, be, a- you guys should be out training. Or- <laughs> As you're just spooning mint chocolate chip into your face. <laughs> Where my kids are just coming down looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Dad, you don't you don't you don't even have a bowl. You just have a spoon. That's not how we do things. You're just like, get out of here, you two. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next is um if we we alluded to this already, but this is kind of cool. Um, especially since it's just just me and you. PJs are tree huggers and CCTs are angered, drunken, and divorced with excessive tattoos. Okay. Well, first of all, PJs have plenty of tattoos and plenty of divorces. <laughs> so let me just put that stereotype to bed right there. Um, I don't know what it is. It is something different about the culture though. And, you know, when, when I took over, um, you know, the job that I, that I have now, it was funny because one of my senior guys on there was a PJ as well. It's one of the first times in ST that, you know, the officer was a, a crow, the enlisted leader dude was a, was a PJ. And then my team sergeant was a PJ as well. So it was funny. We would just have moments where we'd get together and we would just be like, man, some of these other troops in this building really hate their guys. They really want to beat them to death. Like controllers eat their young, like no other. It was just hilarious. But we, no kidding, looked at each other one day. And we were just like, are we, are we soft? Are we really the tree hug? Because we, people would come into our room and be like, come here. Which controller was mean to you? Okay, tell us about it. What did he say? Okay, well, that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. That just means he's having a bad day. Come on, let's talk about it. Okay, do you feel better? All right, cool. Um, but it is, it's something, it's something tribal about, about, you know, PJs. Maybe it is that. You, you know, the JTAC, the classic JTAC mission is just putting bombs on target. And if people happen to be there, hopefully it's a lot. So you can tell the story and, you know, the difference between, you know, the PJs of, of going and the whole reason why you're there is to hang out, you know, hand out, hand out hugs and hand out you know, boo-boo packs and, and uh, band-aids to the people that get hurt on the teams and stuff. So who knows? Yeah, there's definitely, um, there was a time I, I, I'd say that it is, less now yeah yeah we got a lot of ink you got the harleys that are sitting out front um Mm -hmm. uh, what i have noticed though with with the new since we had in the last podcast um i don't know the order these will go out but when i referenced gen z you know um you know typically they're extremely at least the ones that we are getting are extremely in shape and and stuff like that but they're drinking a lot less or not at all as well um yep so i yeah. I, I noticed that we went through a time and anyway, i mean we're still like we still have people in it but um you know lots of tattoos lots of divorces lots of uh like excessive drinking you know or not not excessive drinking but you know like like <laughs> taboos Right. Maybe it is excessive. Right, yeah. I don't know. Um, and now I'm seeing a lot of dudes like it used to be. I was the only one that didn't drink. Right. I, like I don't have a, to everybody out there. I don't even have a sip. Like I don't I just don't like it. I don't like yep. the taste um, anything like that. It's not that I've got a history or anything like that. That, you know, I've, I drank some tequila and I just go off the rails. It's not like that. Um, right. Actually, I'm sure if I did, I probably would. But but uh <laughs> 
but now I, it's, it's actually fairly common now that there are dudes that like, yeah, just, I have one drink or I just don't drink, you know, just cause they don't yeah. really like it. It's, it, it's definitely a cultural shift that's, that's happening right now. And I, I think for it the is. better. But. Yeah, it's definitely a good one. You still have your, you know, occasional teams that they definitely, you know, that's that's part of the stuff. But that's we have, you know, four or five guys on our team that just don't drink. Yeah, it's just not a thing for them. And when we have big parties and stuff, it's thankfully it's become one of those things where it's completely normalized. And it's it's just one of those things where guys are just like, oh yeah, that, that guy just doesn't drink. You know, where I don't know, ten, fifteen years ago, which is a weird thing to come out of my mouth. By the way, it's weird for me to be like, oh, ten or fifteen years ago. Um, but you would go to parties and they would 100%, they'd be like, Oh, that guy doesn't drink. Why? What's your problem? Why aren't yeah. you having a beer? You know, I can't trust, some of the I can't trust a guy that didn't drink. Can't it's trust like, a well, guy that doesn't drink. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay well, well that's <laughs> weird thing to say. High functioning yeah. alcoholic guy. Yeah. Not my um, problem then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a you problem, my dude. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. On to the next. Some of these are reattacks on the on stuff. I feel like people view soft guys less like people with no feelings than just straight killers. I guess we're supposed to be robots. That well, but so okay, no kidding though. But that's the way that Hollywood and movies and TV shows present us. They either present us as yep. stone cold killers where no feelings. There's no you know robots basically, mm-hmm. or they portray us as these broken war veterans that just broken. Yeah. Un- yeah. Right. Yeah. Unhinged, you know, need to be watched carefully. Like there's no in between, which is complete BS. Like, I, right. I, I'm sure there are some people that could tell you that I am robotic, but that maybe I'm robotic in some, some ways. I, I would think that whatever, however many episodes we are in now, 80, 90, whatever this one is that, I am obviously not very robotic. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) I I hate that too. And I always, what was the Bradley Cooper movie? Um, Was it American Sniper where he played? um, Oh, Chris Kyle. Yeah. yeah, Chris Kyle. Yeah. That was one of the best portray uh, portrayments of kind of the, the in between. Cause it was the first time that I'd seen it done well in a movie. Um, you know, even in you know, Fury did a, a really good job of it. Saving Private Ryan, Tom Hanks did a pretty good job of of some of those moments. But it's an in between. Like we're just people that try to figure this shit out every day, and we have a a pretty we have a long. Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff in in a career that real humans are not supposed to see. You know, I always defer to I always defer to my little brothers. Both of my little brothers spent somewhere between 30 and 45 months each of their lives in Iraq between 2005 and 2012. That was not a great time to be there. Like 2005, 2008, 2010. Um, that was a crappy time to be there. And there was a lot of death and destruction and trauma that have happened. So we little brothers in the army that we can have, you know, those talks and be there for each other. But humans aren't supposed to go through that, man. You're not supposed to have to deal with that. So, and some guys handle it really, really well, and some guys handle it really poorly. But what people need to understand is that robotic, never dealing with your feelings and never talking about it, that's not a great way to deal with it. I guess if that's your thing and you're able to maintain healthy relationships and be okay living like that, okay. I can't, I can't do that. I can't just turn that off. Like I'll be open and honest about it. I have terrible, terrible days. And I have days where I'm just, I feel like I'm not dealing well. And we all have, gradations of, of what that looks like and yeah there are some some guys that are really broken and they're really screwed up by it but everybody else pretty much lives in that middle ground they're just trying to figure it out so yeah it is kind of a stereotype that people will get that yeah they're either these hardcore terminator like individuals that they just go to work and they just do the job and come home and it never affects them okay i've known a guy or two like that and i've also known a guy or two that really had problems and really didn't deal with it well and had substance abuse abuse issues and serious serious mental issues dealing with the fallout from that stuff and but those are kind of the two ends of the spectrum and then everybody else lives somewhere in the middle yep exactly right uh okay on to next just got a couple more here that will crush this one i would it's copenhagen every everybody does copenhagen no, but I tell you what, there are <laughs> there are a lot. A lot of dudes that dip, right? 
lot of dudes dip and and especially there there are people that only dip when they're out in the field for whatever reason when they're out in the field and they're patrolling or something like that or you know they will they will throw in a, a fat lipper and and that's just their thing like that's their yep. their ritual or or even um apparently it'll help keep you awake too so if you're okay. if you're but i don't, I don't know yep. because i tell you what if i were to throw one of those in i'd be on the floor on the floor puking probably oh so i can tell you the i can tell i so i dipped for a long time so i dipped when i was at home like i picked it up when i was working in bars and stuff before i ever got in the military there were times when I couldn't do it. Um, so I'd pick it up and put it back down. I was never, I was never buying logs of chew every single day or logs of dip, but there were, there were definitely like long stretches of my life where I would have a dip in my mouth or I dipped and, and whatever I remember. And I can tell you the very last person to give me a dip was Brian. And it was, we were in England. I hadn't, I swear, I remember this like it was yesterday. It was one of the, like one of the most crystallized moments. Brian and I were going through Rocco as very young PJs. And we were standing there, we were doing this event and he had Kodiak because that's what Brian dipped back in the day was Kodiak. So it was like wintergreen. So I was like, oh, you know what? I have not had a dip in a long time. Why don't you give me one of those? Uh, let me get a little one of these. He's like, here you go. So he throws me his can, tap it up. I throw a dip in. It was in my mouth for about, I don't know, 15 seconds. And I was like, get this out of there. I can't, I can't do that. That was 2008, you know, like 2009. I have not put a dip in my mouth since then. I have not. I, and I don't know what it was. Like I used to dip Kodiak wintergreen. That was like, that was my thing. It was not, I, I just took enough time off of it. I put it in my mouth and that was it. I was like, nope, never again. But yeah, Brian gave me my last dip way uh, a long time ago now, 12 or 12 years ago. Yep. Man, again, I would be head out the window on the floor. Just <laughs> uh. that'd, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure everybody'd love to get that on video. <laughs> I know that'd be a great one. <laughs> um, we covered this already, but the, the uh, operator uniform outside of um, actually being in uniform, so we don't need to address that Dude, again. But can't. that is definitely that is definitely. Plaid, Dude, can't get away plaid from shirt, it. plaid shirt, khaki pants, <laughs> uh, scuffed up Solomons, and a scuffed up hat. Like absolutely. Or it's like my other one. My favorite one is like they go the opposite way, where they have to wear just ridiculous clothing. Like, oh, I'm gonna wear suspenders and a bow tie to this event because I want to. Like, I'm gonna wear. It's hilarious. Like, I, I love the dudes in the Pacific Northwest. Are like. I'm not wearing an off-duty operator uniform. Oh, really? Are you wearing fitted jeans and a buffalo flannel and a trucker hat and a pair of big boots? You look like, come on, guy. Come on, guy. I, I will say the uh, tie, tying in the Copenhagen and then the, the operator um, uh, uniform would be the oh, yeah. the you know round certain you know, just, <laughs> the ring on the pocket. The, yeah, the ring on the pocket. Yeah, one hundred percent. What do you got there? Oh, it's it's tuna. Okay, get yeah. out of here, my guy. <laughs> Come on, my dude. Oh man! All right, uh, there's a couple more, but the the they're kind of all reattacks, and then the last one is, and I, I will enjoy this one. PJs are medics, and all they do is stuff inside combat rescue. <laughs> that's it. No, they nailed it. That's not a stereotype. That's completely true. And and if that's what you want to do, you should probably go be a controller. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like <laughs> inside combat rescue, that's the easiest way to tell how old a PJ is. Cause if if you tell them that, oh yeah, I learned everything I know about PJs from inside combat rescue. If you're old enough, you'll just be like, I hate that show. That that show showed, I don't know, the smallest part of the job. Cause I mean it's cool riding a helicopter into a firefight and grabbing a patient and bringing them on and 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 doing that Kazovac mission, like especially the point of injury, no kidding, no kidding, high intensity Kazovac mission. Listen, man, I got it. You know, cool. I understand why it looked cool on the show. Whatever. I love that stereotype, though. I love hearing but, it. So, so, man, I forget who I was talking with. I was I was sitting in the team room just the other the other day, um, talking to somebody who who knows those guys very well and obviously we know Dwayne and that kind of stuff very well but or you know you probably know more of those guys but they were saying that so much of that was portrayed inaccurately and they actually left out so many things that like for us we would go that's what 
that's what we want to capture, you know, um, right. a lot of the action stuff. Whereas I guess, you know, due to editing and, and certain agendas that are people, people are trying to portray, um, it, it was definitely a very soft side. So I, in the, the, um, the example that he gave is that whoever it was that was writing in the journal and they kind of, um, you know, asked him, I guess the way it worked is they asked him to read some of his journal. Like they kind of, he didn't know he was being filmed. They were, you know, kind of saw him and they were filming him. And then they just kind of came over to him and said, Hey, will you read, uh, you know, what you wrote? And they put a mic in front of his face and, and that kind of stuff. And he, he was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, whatever. And then they put it on top of, you know, what, whatever was being filmed. And it, it was just really bad. <laughs> yeah. T TV is TV and they needed to make it like, I, I know a bunch of the inside stuff. I'm actually really good friends. Three or four of those main characters I ended up working with at the same assignment. So, and I won't say which one to say which people, but there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, especially like a lot of those dudes didn't want any part of it. A yeah. lot of those dudes were like, Hey, Hey man, I'll pass on this. I don't really want to be a part of it. I don't want to really want to be interviewed. And it was more like, well, they're going to be here for this entire time. So, um, you know, and it's kind of hard to look at people that are the camera people and whoever else they're just trying to do their jobs, I guess. So it's kind of hard to look at somebody and be like, get out, get away from yeah. me, you know, in the moment. So, you know, and I, I won't speak for them. They can, they can all speak for themselves, but yeah, there was a lot of going on behind the scenes and a lot, some of those personalities, like some of the people that they were just, you know, that they focused on a lot of the dudes were just like, cool guy. Okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah. But anyway, combat inside combat rescue. That's an actual documentary. That's all you do as a PJ. Congratulations. <laughs> Go watch it. <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up the, uh, the stereotypes that we received. So I'm glad we got a chance to address some of those. I think those are fun. Uh, I like yeah, getting the engagement. So, um, again, Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe if you haven't. Leave us a review. And, uh, and then go check out our partners. You know, today we hit Alpha Brew promo code One's Ready and get yourself a discount. And um, Aaron, thanks for joining me today, man. Always, man. Train hard, everybody. Have a good one. All right. Light up. <laughs>